I praise you and glorify you, Lord, and just show you, Lord, how appreciative we are, Lord, and it's just lifting your name on high through the singing and praising of your name, Jesus. And we also come before you, Lord, asking you, Lord, for uh, Sister uh, and Brother Mark, uh, Sanchez, Lord, uh, to help them, Lord, and I know they desire to be here, but uh, they're with their daughter, and bless her as well, Lord Jesus, helping her and whatever it is that she's going through. If she's got any injuries, Lord, that she may heal quickly, Lord Jesus. And we also ask you, Lord, for uh, Mingo and Lopita and the Rodriguez family, Lord, to bless them uh, during this uh, very uh, difficult and sad time for them and their family, Lord Jesus. And we just uh, thank you, Lord, uh, in advance for the word, Lord, now. We want to uh, remove all the distractions from our minds, Lord, and help us, Lord, to to pay attention to your precious word that you've given to our brother Gabriel, Lord, that we may receive it with joy, knowing that it's a gift from heaven, Lord. In your name we ask this, Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, for everything that you do. Amen. Amen, hermanos. Pues que Dios los bendiga mucho, hermanos. Vamos a gozarnos con la palabra. Amen. Amen. God bless everyone. Y'all may be seated, brother. Se pueden sentar, hermanos. God bless the group this morning. Special day today, uh, not... Uh, only because of what the world celebrates, but a special day because we have an opportunity to gather here in a place where God has considered us, amen? Sometimes we don't feel that God considers us. Sometimes we don't feel that uh, we're recognized by the creator. Sometimes we don't have an understanding or appreciation just due to life circumstances. But we're here And our expectation is that God has a word for us. In in the behind the scenes moments in in establishing uh, a message, you guys would be amazed to see that it's like ingredients on a table. You don't even know what it's going to make. There's times that there's ingredients on the table. You don't even know, God, I don't even see it. There's moments that... I'm standing before y'all and, 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 and I see the ingredients here. I see that they're on the table. I don't know what to do. And that's where, as I mentioned before in the past, that's where I get excited because I know it's not me. I can prepare and I can work and I can have historical data and just things and words, use words to impressed but when you feel naked before God you only know he can guide you and direct you I started thinking a lot last night I started thinking about the shooter outside of Houston the young man and I started thinking about how his dad woke up today A lot of people are thinking about the families of the kids that were lost, rightfully. But I started thinking about that father that his son is locked up. And they had no idea of what he was capable of doing. I think about the bomber, the young man that was here locally in Austin. He attended church. He was, a, he was a part of society, we could say. 
And again, interviewing the parents had no idea. But when you start to, to really look into these things, one thing is true, that there was breadcrumbs. There was things that could have been seen on both. That as a responsibility of parents, responsibility of the father, things could have been discussed. But I was thinking a lot about the opportunity we have to cultivate and to work with our children. And it never ends. I've heard the statement of it continues on with the grandchildren. I was like, Adam and Eve, you really did it to me. I would think that, you know, once kids are 18, once they're out of the house, I'm good. Nope. It still continues on with the grandchildren. Because God created the heart of the family to be there at all times. I'm grateful for a father's conversation with God, which is the title of this morning's message. I feel that there's not enough conversations happening with God from fathers. I feel a lot of the times we wake up and just think that we've got it figured out. And it's apparent at times that we don't. I think that conversation with God should be something that's paramount in our lives as fathers, as parents. God help me. I still don't know things. God help me, like last week's message, to be that example. God help me to show that we are blessed so that spirit of depression doesn't enter our house thinking that he's who is on a slippery path to hell has more than we do. Like Wednesday's message. But at times, it's never easy. We cannot take a break because the devil doesn't take, our enemy doesn't take a break. If something was chasing you at all times, if you were in the jungle and there was an animal that had your scent on them and you could feel its pressure on you every day, how would you react? Would you just relax? Would you just be in an open field? Would you be hiding? Would you be prepared? Would you be setting up traps to try to stop it? There's times that we get so tired that we don't feel we have the strength, and that's where we should be at because a lot of the times when we have the strength, it's when we try to do it our way instead of trying to do it God's way. And we're blessed because the word of God gives us, it gives us the solutions in the Bible. It's not a surprise. It's not something that we will one day say, God, if you would have just showed me, if you would have just told me. He's even made it easier now with technology that you can search. What does the Bible say? about being a father? What does the Bible say about forgiveness? And it pulls up verses to 
that you can search all over the Bible and let God speak to you. God bless the kids this evening. I'm not sure if the young people had something or if you want them to stay in here, Lorenzo, but it's up to you. I think about a lot of conversations I had with my dad at Tasty Treat. Anybody remember Tasty Treat here in town? Yeah. Yeah, the Mano Maria Nando used to eat there too with Esther. Remember being young? I think Lorenzo had just gotten married and maybe my dad felt obligated to make sure He was building some core things in me. And I always remember walking into Tasty Treat. My dad had keys. You ever seen my dad's keys? You know, dad, if you're listening right now, do you know where all those keys go to? That's a lot of keys you got in your pocket. I always remember that my dad having like maybe 20, 25 keys. He probably does. But I also remember hearing quarters in his pocket. And he knew with me being at Tasty Treat, there was video games in the back that I'd want to play a little bit. He'd pull out a couple of coins and let me enjoy myself. I don't know what my dad was thinking about. I've never asked him what he was trying to achieve in those moments that are stamped in my life. But I know that every time we were driving there, in his mind, he was thinking, son, one day you won't be under my house. And I hope and pray that I've been the example that I've needed to be for you. And my dad will be the first to tell you that he made mistakes, as I'm the first to tell you that I make a lot of mistakes. Mistakes are part of learning. We find ourselves as fathers deflated coming here to church not even with any energy to, to even listen to what God has because we're full of regret and mistakes. And we forget that God is full of mercy and grace. And we ask God, God, help us. You've given us another day, another opportunity to be different, to change, to be more vigilant to listen to your word and be guided by your word, Jesus. I'm asking you, Father, right now just to to heal the wounds that my children have from bad mistakes, from things that they've seen that have been bumps that could have directed them into paths that they should experience in their life. And God, I ask that your voice is louder than my example. 
If we turn to Psalms 127.3. He aquí heredar de Jehová son los hijos, cosa de estima el fruto del vientre. Lo, children are the heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Verse 4. Como satetas en mano del valiente, así son los hijos habidos en la juventud. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man. Now, this, 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 is, kind of, this is kind of important to understand who David is. David, in Psalms, in the books that you read in the Kings, you read in, in Samuel, you read a lot about weaponry with him. Because it's what he knew. When he slayed Goliath with a sling, he took the, the, the path of a general, of a warrior. And he gives the example, he gives the example here, which is important for, I don't care if you're holding an infant or you've got grandchildren. He gives an example here of, of children, your children being like an arrow in the hand of a mighty warrior. And, and, and again, because we just think, well, an arrow, arrow, you know, we could change an arrow with a bullet or a sniper. We could change it to some stuff that's relevant to people here today. But he uses this analogy back then of a deadly weapon, a powerful weapon, a weapon that could have distance and still be very accurate. A weapon that I did not have to be up front in battle, but would have victory in range. And I see here, as the arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. So, I mean, I say, man, the teenage years, we hear these things like, oh man, here come those years. Oh, wait till the terrible... Has got them all. We have them all defined in this world. But David says, cultivate. David says, work. Put some effort in. And I think, think about Tasty Treat. That's some pretty good burgers back then. We used to go for breakfast. And my dad knew I hated breakfast. But my dad got me up and he knew that the ringing of his pants with the keys and the change would get me to sit down as he cultivated. 
And they tried to figure out what God was doing in my mind. As fathers that are here, as fathers that are listening, as fathers around the world, it's our responsibility to cultivate. Because our children can be a blessing. And we read verse 5. Bienventurado. I almost messed up, Brother Lorenzo, again. El hombre que incio su aljaba de ellos. Aljaba de ellos. No será avergonzado cuando hablare con sus con los enemigos en la puerta. Listen to this. Happy is a man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. So happy is someone that knows the responsibility. Happy is the man that knows the responsibility of cultivating, of working. Because he knows when his enemies come to the gate, You see, we're too much of a world that we see a burden that we've made a decision to abort. One of the saddest things I read yesterday is that they handed out awards to doctors that do abortions. Oh, you did this many abortions? Here you go in Hollywood. Look it up. Hollywood actors paid for this as an approach to free. Oh, oh great. And they came up and got awards. Doctors. There's too many individuals not considering the work that it takes to cultivate. And the blessings that their children can be in difficult times. I've said this. And I've said it more often than I ever have that the best things that my father ever showed me were his mistakes. Because the best thing he showed me was him and continuing on. So discouraged with Examples that we sometimes have been in the past and we think they define us in the future. But instead, we should thank God that he is working in our parents and our fathers and in us as fathers. Because we have an opportunity to be those examples because we have a responsibility. Word of the day Cultivate. I hear sister, uh, Ruby, you're pretty good at cultivating. You're pretty good on gardens, hermana. I, I, heard, I heard that there's a good rumor on that. We need your help. Sister Jennifer was telling me that you do some stuff. So the cultivating process is what keeps the ground, right? Cultivating, moving, moving, clearing. Cultivate, work. Nutri- uh, nutrients for the plants. Never ends. It never ends. Sister Imelda thought like, oh, I was done when the last one came out. Nuh-uh. She holds the twins in her prayers too. 
and advice over the phone. And we thank God for that passion. Psalms 103, 13. Como el Padre se compadece de los hijos, se compadece Jehová de los que le temen. Now listen to that example right there. Like a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. So the example that we see here is that we live in a world where, where God exists when we need him. I, you know, I remember pastor talking about the churches are full when there's war. The churches are full when there's a national incident. But that bottom part where it says our God considers us, his mercy considers us when we fear him. Part of the fear process is understanding him because fear can be interpreted in a lot of ways in respect, honor, the power that he has. But we miss that sometimes as children. We miss respecting. And when I was in youth, I used to ask a question because I would always get, it was funny, when I was in youth, I would always get, and some of them are, uh, some of them are a little older now, um, but I used to, I'm trying to get a cricket here, got it. I used to, I used to kind of feel the, I used to kind of feel the complaints of, of some of the teens, amen, some of them are in here, I'm not looking at any of them in particular. You know, and God gave me just something to say to say, hey, you know what? When's the last time you worried about the lights going off in your house? When's the last time you worried about, you know, the house payment being missed? Now, Andrea, maybe remembering or Gabby or Karina, whoever else was in there. Remembering now that you're in older positions and you have responsibilities, things are a little bit different. But at that time, something came over a child where their needs overpowered the responsibilities that a parent had. And the one thing that takes away fear and respect of authority is selfishness. When we become selfish, and that means that we consider ourselves more than our authority, then that's where we lose the fear. And the enemy wants to get you to be selfish. The enemy wants to make you selfish. Do you understand that he throws so much stuff? He uses a vocabulary. Uh, he, he throws it on your table, and you can use the we's, the eyes, but you don't understand and you just continue on to a book of excuses. And the enemy, will he has a university, and you, we come and sit down when we're crying, and he sits there and he goes, okay, tell me what your problem is. Well, my parents are asking me to do this, or I've, you know, authority has asked me to do this, and I just don't feel it's right. And he goes, whoa, okay, you're, you're absolutely right. 
God said, what tree can't you eat of? And we see that from the beginning of time, our greatest enemy is ourself. Because we feel something. But our greatest advocate has always been God. And God puts this these knowledge, this knowledge in, 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 in his word where we can read it and we can just say, man, I want God to bless me. We turn to Genesis 18. I find it amazing that in the Bible, we think that the Bible's with perfect people. Churches are, 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 are empty in places because people think you have to be perfect to get here. People have expectations that God won't do something in me or with me unless I'm perfect. And we see an example here of Abraham. And Abraham, I brought this message to the youth because I'm, I'm a person, like I was talking with Sister Kyrie, that I like, you know, about what she wants to do. I'm a person, when I read, I envision. When I'm reading, I can see it. I start to see. And I started seeing this when I read it. And it said, the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre. And I can only imagine, you know, Mamre is a place where um, you see, you know, um, uh, people wrapped up and because of the sun, the dust, and all this. And, and it shows, you know, Abraham at the tent of his home, looking out into the plains, and he sees God. What a moment. Just the way I'm envisioning it. It's a Hollywood production in my mind happening, okay? I don't know who's playing Abraham yet. It's probably going to be, you know, an actor, good beard and all this, but I don't know yet. But in my mind, this is happening. And it told me something specific in the heat of the day. And I catch all these things because, yes, it's, it's relevant to knowing that the sun's out, but I also catch it because the heat of the day was, you know, it's not no joke. You got somebody walking in the heat of the day, which usually is not normal in the desert, in deserted lands like this. So we see God coming to Abraham in the heat of the day, verse 2. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed toward the ground. Verse 3. And said, my Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Verse 4. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree, which was what? Was customary during the heat of the day a part that God was coming sometimes we don't expect him 
If you expect God to come <clears throat> in the fall when everything's cool and calm, sometimes it's when everything's a disaster. We expect God to only show up when there's calm waters, but we forget that he's the one that calms the waters. We expect God to show up when we figured it out, but we forget that he is the teacher, the instructor. We expect God to show up only when everything's been checked off that we've set as standards, but forget that he hung on a cross to set a new standard. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. And we see here God showing up to Abraham's home. Verse 5. I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on, for therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, so do. And, and as thou hast said. Verse 6. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, three measures of fine meal, knead it and make cakes upon the hearth. And this isn't one of those situations where, you know, it's just like blink and it's done, right? I mean, this is, this is going to be an event that he's asking for to get done. And, and, and it's not like it's like, all right, let me just crank up the propane gas and... I can only imagine Sarah like, what in the world is your problem? You don't ever come in here this excited and, and it's hot. It's the heat of the day. You just had lunch a little while ago. You had breakfast a little while ago. We don't normally have it right now. And it's just like whole so stuff. But Abraham's coming in there and, and Sarah's hearing what he's saying. And, and I'm sure a lot of questions are happening for her. Verse 7. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it into a young man. And he hasted haste to dress it. So now, now we get into resources here. Now we see Abraham recognizing in the heat of the day, he's looking out there and seeing God headed this way. And the first thing that comes to his mind is, God, I don't want to start asking you for things, but I, what, what can I do for you? And a lot of times, people seeing God run to God with their needs, and you have no idea what his needs were. We have not made you known what his needs are yet. But he came with the heart to serve before his needs. And you see, there's times here that I start to lose the female side of the audience because the, the, this is a male, you know, <laughs> but it's really, this is a message for both. And so we see him running to serve. And in that process, to give. So Abraham was a wealthy man, but 
but this was an event that he was using resources. He was prepared to invest in what God, not even knowing why God was there, but he understood enough. Does anybody know about Abraham? What do you know about Abraham? Anybody know about Abraham? Father Abraham. Is that all you know? Who, who was his parents? Anybody? Oh, we're, we're back in the fellowship hall, right, as parents here trying to. Anybody in the teachers here, Gabby? Anybody that's? I know, me neither. I didn't know either. Did you know that he is descendants from Noah? We all are. That's just a quick joke. One of Noah's, one of Noah's sons. Did you know that his father used to make idols? For Babylon? And that there, there's a story in both, because I'm going to say both, because you have to kind of look at both in developing stuff, in both the Quran and in the uh, uh, historic scrolls of the Israels, that he encountered his father telling him that that was wrong when God started speaking to him and had to leave. So Abraham started a journey, we could say in difficult terms, but we could say that he got God's attention years before this encounter, years before this encounter, because he's in his late 90s in this encounter. Some of us feel like it was hard to get out of bed this morning or to do something because of our aches. Could you imagine being in your 90s? Someone were thinking like, man, that must have been a long time before he got to his tent to Sarah, right? It was already the evening because he was. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. Now listen, at no point have I heard him say, hey guys, I know you're here. I know you have the power to do this stuff. Can you guys just, uh, can you get that little sprinkly stuff and put it around my needs and, and they'll be taken care of. He's not even there. He's in the position of the working to receive the blessing and I, and I like to learn from him because he's been through some challenging times there's a time that he he went to Egypt and 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 Pharaoh if you guys remember you guys remember this and Pharaoh really liked Sarah said Sarah's kind of cute and he was kind of scared that Pharaoh was going to kill him so he said yeah it's my sister and Pharaoh took her as a concubine and and a play came over him and he found out and the Lord showed Pharaoh that that was his wife and he said get out of Egypt he's been through some experiences with God in this journey but yet he's sitting here and he's taking care of them verse 9 and they said unto him, where is Sarah, thy wife? Uh-oh. Who knew, right? The hermanas are here and they're like, uh-uh. Brothers are like, oh, man. 
the Lord show up today for me. And my this is your story too. You could be the one at the tent looking out. Where is Sarah? I guess Sarah hadn't came out yet and, and said hello. And so, and he said, behold, in the tent. Verse 10. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of the life. Now, look, this is a big statement right here. So he's in his 90s, and, and the Lord is telling him, look, I'm going to return to you. It's just a number to me. But to you, it's you, you feel it every day you woke up. You feel that your that your 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 age, your 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 struggle is based off of, uh, of how old you are. But I'm gonna return to you your youth to the time of life, and lo, Sarah, thy wife shall have a son. So it wasn't it wasn't normal. This wasn't normal. And he says, look, look, I'm going to return to you what you should have had. And, and Sarah heard it. Now, th- I, this, this was always a good message right here, right? Uh-oh, just Sister Jennifer said, oh, no. Uh-oh, hermanas. I didn't, this wasn't a setup on my part. Sarah... I like the smiles in here because they're, they're, they're nice because, come on. All right. Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Verse 11. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and well-stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women to have a child, right? Verse 12. Therefore, Sarah laughed. So I like the way the Bible explains why she laughed because it's got to take you somewhere. It's, it's got to take you. You probably would have laughed too. Sarah's in her 80s. And so she laughs within herself. Listen to that. This is another thing that's powerful because there's sometimes that we're really good, right? We're really good. We get better through the, through the years, don't we, hermanas? And hermanos, sometimes I'm laughing at you and not even doing anything. I'm laughing right now. Can't see me. I'm not good. Within herself, saying, after I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure? My, my Lord, being also old also? Question mark. Verse 13. And the Lord said unto Abraham, wherefore did Sarah laugh? And where was she at? Was she there? He was in another area and saying, shall I uh, surety bear a child which am old? Could you imagine Abraham hearing that and just being like confused? Like what? She's uh, last time I checked, she wasn't in here. She was, I said she was over here in the tent. And now the Lord's. But as men. When you're having this conversation with God, you've got to realize that God shows you the tent, shows you the home. God speaks to you in ways that you cannot understand. And if you're not catching up to this, 
if you don't understand why God put this in your mind and your heart to consider, to think, to support, the Holy Spirit is what's guiding you, what's telling you what is in the hearts of all those in your tent. Verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Question mark. At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and, sh- and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay. And I, I tell you, I, do you guys ever have those moments? Do you ever have those moments where just somebody said, and you're like, I, ooh, I, ooh. I didn't do that. Yeah, you did. It, it just reminds me of, you know, it's kind of funny because we've all experienced it through the teens, but I have a new, I have a new thing that I tell Gabriel. Liz, do you want to hear the new thing I tell Gabriel? Because you got to, you know, Carlos, you guys want to hear what I tell? You guys are all going to experience it, right? What, what do kids in general do to you? Maybe, maybe you can even tell Gabby because Gabby's still in your guys' you know, world. But what are the things that kids do when you tell them something, right? They're like, no, nah, and they go, right? Or, right? There's some breath that happens, right? Gabriel's smiling right now. You know what I tell Gabriel, Alex? I said, oh, I'm glad I heard that. Because it takes oxygen to get to the brain. Maybe this time you heard me. You see, we see here a part that there's Sarah denying saying this because she's afraid. Part of her is now afraid too because how in the world did you know that? Because there was physically no sound to that. And Sarah's starting to see who she's dealing with. Verse 16. And the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. Now, brothers and sisters, we see Abraham, who also got the title of Father Abraham, and we see Abraham here seeing and recognizing who was in his house, having a conversation with God. We see the struggle that God saw in Abraham. God sent him through this journey away from his family, away from where Noah had landed, which where Noah had landed, just so everybody knows, is is where Iraq is today. That's where he was established, where Babylon was established. And we see God saying, I moved you in the waters, but I need you to get back to what I have for you. I need you to get back to the promised land. Abraham starts this journey. And what we don't know here is that Abraham had a nephew named Lot. And God saw all these moments. God sees everything, decisions that we make as parents. And Abraham, Abraham wasn't a selfish person. Abraham saw that 
He was traveling with his nephew and they had a herd of animals and people. And, and, and Abraham, the Lord spoke to him and said, look, you, 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 you cannot go the same direction because if you go the same direction, there's going to be battles. There's going to be strife between you. So, so the Lord spoke to Abraham and told Abraham, you guys make a decision here. So normally Abraham being the older would have said, I picked this, I'm going this way. But Abraham's heart told Lot, where do you want to go? I had a question on Friday and how selfish you are. Because sometimes how selfish you are will limit you into your conversation opportunity with God. As I see this man and I'm seeing all these, these chapters, these stories, amazing stories, read it. It's right there in these chapters. Go before a little bit in Genesis. You want to start a little bit before, a few chapters before, you'll start to read about Abraham. And you'll see that this man, God was taking and creating this heart. Now God showed up for a conversation with him. But it ends right here with, you know that day you decided to go this way and your nephew decided to go this way. Now I've got to go have a conversation with him. Your decision, the conversation I had with you today was based on an act of gratitude, an act of being faithful, being knowing that God would be with you in anything. And now I've got to come to the one that chose the greener pasture. The one that chose what they thought was right. And I've got to talk to him about Sodom and Gomorrah. Verse 17. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Verse 18, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. 19, for I know him that he will command his children. Now, I find this amazing that that God says he's talking here and he's like, should we hide from Abraham what's about to happen and remember, Abraham's father was a son of Noah. So we see destruction in the stories that Abraham heard of the mighty hand of God with rain and the promise that God had when the rain stopped. And now we, we see the second part where he's a grown man and he's going to experience God's power. And he says, should we hide this from Abraham? And I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Because of what it's become. And it says, for I know him. This conversation with God has to start out with him knowing you. And there's times that we, we feel that we've hidden things from God, but we cannot hide anything from God. Sarah, for I know him, he says. Why am I going to hide it from him if I know him? 
that he will command his children and his household. You see, brothers and sisters, again, we come here and we come here with regret. We come here with weakness. We come here with a lot of things that we feel that we don't have, which is great. Let it humble you here. As a conversation with God has to start with this. And we see Abraham here recognizing the mighty power of God, knowing what he did in the times of his grandfather, Noah. And now he's about to hear what God's going to do, Sodom and Gomorrah. And it says, after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. So, brothers and sisters, there's times that we, we, we don't seize the opportunity of the conversation with God. Sometimes we don't recognize that God, and we talked about this Friday, is knocking on our doors because we don't hear the sound because of the deafening, deafeningness of the chaos in the house. Sometimes there's so much built up atmosphere of negativity. There's so much built up atmosphere of regret, of, of hurt, of pain. That we forget that what pushes that away is the spirit to serve. I want to see God coming in the plains to my house to give me good news because he knows me because he knows that I will maintain character and I will instruct it in my children. I want to know that God sees someone that doesn't look on past mistakes but believes that God will guide him into future blessings. The story continues on where Abraham has a discussion with the Lord and says, now that you've told me where you're headed, I have family there. Will you destroy the city? He starts off if there's 50 believers. And it goes, it makes you very sad to see that how considerate God is, but how deeply rooted Sodom and Gomorrah was of sin. Proverbs 17, 6. Corona de los viejos son los hijos de los hijos. Y la honra de los hijos sus padres. Children's children, grandchildren of course, are the crown of old men. And the glory of children are their fathers. Sometimes we don't feel it. I hear a crying baby there in the Sanchez family and Brother Oscar needs to tell himself that this blessing right here that God has given him an opportunity to 
I, I, you know, it's, it's funny how I remember the statement that my father made to Lorenzo where he says, this is my opportunity, Karina. He didn't say that to Karina, but he said it to Lorenzo, Gabby. I think about that a lot. I was like, this is my opportunity for things that I didn't know growing up. Maybe there's a time there where I, I didn't have what God called me to now, but now with your children, I will. What an opportunity. What an opportunity. What an opportunity, brothers and sisters, we have that God gives us. And this is a blessing. This is a blessing, amen? I thank God for the opportunities that he gives us to make right wrongs that were there. We turn to Malachi 4. Does anybody know where Malachi is at? Hmm? It's a quiet group we have. Right before the Gospels. It's the last book of the Old Testament. I remember going through a phase of my life and I was telling my dad about this. Where I was like, I was a type of person that I wanted to, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm smart enough to figure out things and, ooh, the Old Testament to the New Testament, there's probably something here. <laughs> you know, you're, you, I guess you guys don't do things like that, huh, on stuff? This is just the way I was. I remember reading this last chapter, and, and I'm going to read it real quick. It says, for behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven. Wow, it sounds horrible, doesn't it? And all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. Ooh, this is, hor- is this Revelations I'm reading or the old, last book of the Old Testament? And the, and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. Yikes. But unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall verse 3 and ye shall tread down the wicked for they shall be ashes under the sole of your feet in the day that I shall do this saith the Lord of hosts remember ye the law of Moses my servant which I command unto him in Oreb for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. We see here, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children. And the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Now, brothers and sisters, that is the last thing that's said. And... 
Like I said, what's beautiful about a church is that the church is uniquely formed and fit. The church is different. Every, every tent, every home is different of the church. We have some, some of these, some of these, some of these scriptures that we read don't, don't have an impact for, for some of us. But, but what it's telling me here is that if, if you don't have little children, if you don't have, if you don't have children that you can still guide and, and, and your children aren't even here, that the Lord is saying, look, your children, uh, your children are going to be impacted by, by, by you. In your growth. As parents, we have a tendency of blaming them for what's us. We have all the terms that we use, don't we? Talking about excuses, we have a, that's your child, child, Jennifer. He's like you. There's a truth to all of that. Our children become like us. And our responsibility is for God, for us to become more like God, to purify ourselves to change our character, to, to, to transform, to be new. In this process, we know it's a process, and in the process is learning. And in learning, sometimes our mistakes, but learning from your mistakes. We sit here, we sit here, we know that God can speak to us, that God can reveal to us, that God is wisdom, that God has the power to see in our hearts what we need. It's void. We have no excuse but to come to him and say, God, this void, fill it up. This pain, fill it up. This resentment, this hurt, fill it up, God. Because I keep on trying to fill it up with different things and I just keep on pushing myself away from you, Jesus. We watched uh, this movie, I Can Only Imagine. I've been talking about it for a while when it first came out on the radio, and I'd seen some of the people that were involved in it in the story. And Brother Lorenzo, uh, I had totally forgot about it. Brother Lorenzo told me, hey, you need to see that. We saw, you know, it's good. Watched it, and it's like, wow. I don't know if you guys know the song, I Can Only Imagine, right? Famous song. If you look at the story of why it was inspired to be written. You see a man's journey of an abusive father that drove his mother out of the home and left him with his abusive father. And this young man finds God but never can forgive his father. And his father ends up getting a terminal disease. You don't need to watch the movie, everybody says, right? You do need to watch it. And everything he hated about his father, God pointed out in him saying, 
You sing about songs of mercy across the country, songs of love and how God and revivals and youth events, and yet you're here seeing your father dying. And wait, I still got to spoil the movie more for you. When he's gone, the father accepts God. And when he comes back to see his father who's dying, his father's trying to make things up and doesn't know anything about the Bible, though, where he does. And it's a powerful story because you see somebody in church carrying something that they didn't have to. And you hear the words of that song and it has even more of an impact. It has more of an impact knowing that God's grace, God's power, being in front of him, being before God, what that day will be like. His father wrote in a journal, I can only imagine. And he wrote it in different pages. And his father passes away and he sees just those words and he writes the song. I can only imagine what it'll be like to be in front of God. His power, his, his face radiant like the sun. Brothers and sisters, we have struggles that we carry that we don't have to carry anymore. That God wants to carry them for you. God's got bigger shoulders than we do. If we can turn to Proverbs 27, amen. The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Our character, our character, our character, it's how you are that will pass on. It's how you are. If you fix it, I see this story of, of, of an opportunity, a father fixing it to not leave his son burdened. A son that was in church that was still burdened was still thinking they were okay because they didn't forgive their father because how could I forgive my father? The last day I remember is him smashing a, a plate in the back of my head as I was going to church to sing for the first time. The last time I remember is him beating me so bad that I couldn't sleep that night because I couldn't find a comfortable spot. Then we see God's grace. And I tell you that the opportunity is there for all of us to have that connection with our children. It doesn't matter what, 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 what age it is. It doesn't matter what the difference is. It doesn't matter when you think that all hope is lost. It's not lost. 
when God's involved, it's not lost. When God told Abraham, I will restore unto you and Sarah those years. Do you understand what that means when God says he will restore years that you have felt wasted? Years that you feel that you can't get back, God will bring them back for you. But we must have a heart to serve. And we see the example of Abraham. God is here. Do you need God right in this moment? What do you need from God? Because we know that God wants to have a conversation. And my heart's ready for that. Help me, God, to see you in the moment that I need to see you and not see myself only, but to see you seeing me. Proverbs 14.26 In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence and his children shall have a place of refuge. En el temor de Jehová está la fuerte confianza y esperanza tendrán sus hijos. Brothers and sisters, look, the beginning of wisdom is what? Fear God. The end of man is what? Fear God. Beginning and end. God. Now, see, we, 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 again, again, we use the, the term fear. So, so we, we think, you know, fear is this, is this sense like, uh, um, that, that, that we can't relate the love to it. Growing up, I feared my dad. But I loved my dad. There's a balance here that we've got to see where the authority side of God is what is instilled in us so we can stay on a path that he has for us. You see, the world, you know, the, the world, the world, you know, it will probably start a new trend where it says, no, there should not be fear in the house because fear is bad. But they want to remove authority from the house. And God is trying to instill wisdom in the house because the beginning of wisdom is fear. I fear God because, you know, God, what you have for me is so powerful that it's changing, it's transforming. It, can, it could just, it could do miracles. It could do wonders, God. I fear that power that you give. It's power that I fear, God, that you can give me in the wisdom. Exodus 20:12 Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee Some of us don't have our parents anymore but you still have your children grandchildren This term is something to be taught, to teach, to explain. Honor. 
We honor fathers today. We honor fathers today because they've taken a role like a soldier takes a, war, a, a role in, in battle. We honor fathers here that see themselves in a position that they still want God to do something for them so they can pass on a blessing to their children. We honor fathers here that have decided to still follow Jesus even though seats next to them might be empty. They believe God's promises that they may not have that impact, but God will impact their children. It might not be your voice that they hear, but they will hear a voice from God. We honor fathers here that have decided that they're not going to let their past dictate their future and how they become fathers. And I've said this multiple times. My wish for my son is that he's a better man than I am. That's any father's wish. If not, it should be. I want my children to have a better relationship than I could ever imagine with God. I want them to see God in their early age in their lives. Right here, Friday, my son saying that I want to give my life to God in ministry. I want God to, I need to help cultivate that. I need to be a part of that. God shows me something in that. But what do I do? Do I fall asleep on that, which I have done many a times? Where do I work? I try to understand what that means as he speaks out in things. Am I deafening or muting what God is trying to instill in him? As he tells me things and I, he doesn't even think I acknowledge him. Dad, what was that? Did you bring a message about talents? That would be a good one. Are you telling me? Young Padaway. That's a, that's a Jedi. Sorry. When you're on Star Wars. Gabby smiles. She's a Star Wars. DJ smile. And as I hear a desire to grow with God, my desire to help in that process has to grow. It's our responsibility, brothers and sisters. I'm going to ask that the men pass on up here. We've got a, uh, ask, you know what, let's get the children, the classes here if we can first. I'm sorry. Go to the classes over here first. And think a lot about the, the role of a father. My thoughts of tasty treat. Man. I think a lot about my dad and a comment that he made about his father and the struggle that he had many years of seeing 
anything good until God in a dream brought him the story of his father wrapping up newspapers, bricks that were close to the fire in newspaper and putting it by their feet to keep them warm during the cold nights. His hate, his anger, his pain didn't allow him to see anything good. And he thanked God, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for allowing me to see that good act from my father. Because I felt nothing. I felt no love. I felt no. She showed me this. Why don't we all stand up, brothers and sisters? As the kids are walking in here. Oh, man, I'm excited to see these kids. These kids, you know, they, they, got, they, got, some, they got some power because they got... They got, you know, parents that are, are fighting through struggles. They're fighting through things. Grandkids, they have no idea, you know. One day, one day I'll have that conversation with Gabriel that maybe my dad never had. Maybe he'll have it with me. If you're watching, Dad, maybe you'll feel comfortable of having it with me. Maybe I'll share things with Gabriel that, did you know your mom and I one night, we almost hung it up. We almost went our separate ways. Did you know that God put a picture of you behind someone, of you kids behind someone that reminded me you had no say in coming into this world. And it was up to us to figure this out. There is power. There is power in Jesus. Jesus is the one that gives us the tools to cultivate. And I'm grateful to God for that. I'm going to ask fathers to pass up here if you can. Pass up to the front. All the fathers that are here. I know you might not feel everyone, Johnny, everyone, to pass on up here. God bless the fathers. Amen. You can pass up here with your dad if you want. The kids, why don't you come up here? You know, if you got your kid here, grandkid here, someone here, come on up. I want you guys to look. Brother Renee, if you pass up here, Brother Renee. Oh, no, don't. You're, hey, you're, hey, are you, your father at times with, you know, kids, you're giving advice. Little Lorenzo talks about stuff. Pass on up here, Brother Renee. Come on. Come on, brother. You're an example too, brother, so I would love for you to pass on up here. You know, all the fathers here, if you can just look out, and it's empty because some of your kids are here now, but in your mind, because, you know, we also can speak in our minds like we talked about, but if you could look out and, and, you, and you see, and you can see, you can see sometimes the devil, um, you can see yourself sitting down and the devil trying to discourage you with thoughts of mistakes and, and messages brings these, 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 these pains and these regrets, but you can see out there and you can see that you're up here and you can tell the devil, look, I still have an opportunity. I still have an opportunity to change. I still have an opportunity to change my path. I still have an opportunity to change. You have not one devil. Because I still have an opportunity to change. I see a beautiful thing here. I see Brother Anthony here and, and, and holding on to these kids. And I know, I know, I know your dad loves you. I know he loves you. He loves you. 
He loves you guys tremendously. God loves you guys tremendously. I see you here with your dad. He loves you. You guys don't. You got, your dad loves you. You know that? You know your dad loves you? Oh, you got to believe it. Trust me. One day you guys will get older and see all that was denied for that love. He loves you. God loves you. And we see fathers here being honored. Amen? Where's Chrisanne at? Really, Chrisanne? Now we just have our dad. Come over here and be by your dad. Amen? And we got you guys a little gift here. We're going to pass out. So, Tristan, if you want to start bringing it to, what do we got here? Let's see what we got here. Whose is that? Brother Raul. Brother Raul, where are you at? I'm gonna, oh, you got to tell me something. What is this? Can you open that up? Pull that out. I don't even know what it is. Let's see what it is. Ooh, a little keychain and a pen. Amen. What is this right here? Can you, can you read what that says? What does that say? Oh, is he your best dad ever? You think he's your best dad ever? Right? He's the only one you got. So... There you go. We got right here Psalms, I believe it's Psalms 32.8. I taught him everything he knows, God says. God bless the fathers, amen? Fathers that are here, fathers that have an opportunity still, because while there's life, there's an opportunity, there's hope. There's an opportunity we have. It doesn't matter if children aren't here for you to make a phone call, for you to have your tasty treat moment. Because we don't think about them at all times, but God will bring us these moments into our hearts, moments of change and opportunity. Amen? Why don't we pray, brothers and sisters, and ask God to anoint to anoint this feeling that's inside of us sometimes of regret, all these thoughts, all these, I wasn't the best of this and that, why this, this and that, my being honored. That he can anoint that feeling for opportunity of change. Also opportunity that they may have, we may have with our children, amen. Lord Jesus, we come before you this beautiful afternoon, Jesus. We're grateful for the opportunity you've given us, Father, to hear your word, to hear your message of hope, Father. We know, Lord, that we have been pricked and our hearts have been pricked by your word, Lord, of, of things that we, we, mistakes that we made, things that we've done, Father. But you know what? You are our example. You are our example, Lord Jesus. That we do not let the devil dictate the mistakes that we made in our past. It's something we must die with. But that we come to you, you that is redemption, you that is forgiveness, you that is mercy. That we come to you first, Father, and we say, you, Jesus, take these struggles, these pains, this heartache from us. And allow us to still be used while we're still here on earth. For hope, for change, for everything that's needed, Lord. We're grateful for you, Father. We're grateful for you, Lord. We're grateful, Jesus, because your love is greater than we can ever imagine. We're asking, Lord, that you, you give us wisdom as we move forward, Lord, and we, we, we connect with maybe children that we haven't connected with, with grandchildren, and we give us the strength, Lord, to still 
work. Bless the fathers that are here, Lord. Bless the homes that they're at. If there's a spirit, Lord, that's there, that's not allowing them to receive from you, Lord, I ask more, more than anything right now, Lord, that you remove that spirit, Father, and you allow them to rule, rule with a just hand, Lord, with a loving hand. Speak to them, Lord, like you spoke to Abraham. Guide them, Father, because it's never too late. And we're grateful to you, Jesus. We're also asking, Lord, that you bless the food we're about to receive, Jesus. Let it be a nourishment to our bodies. Bless the sisters that partaked in this, Lord, and just allow us to enjoy fellowship together, Father. We ask this all in your precious and holy name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. So let's give fathers a round of applause, kids. You have a dad that loves you. A dad that's trying to change and make himself better for you. Encourage that. Amen. God bless y'all. I'm going to ask the group to pass on up here. I was just told, brothers and sisters, that when you, come, when you uh, go into the fellowship hall, the brothers will be uh, served first. Uh, God bless the sisters for that. But let's... Uh, let's Let's sing this song right here. I'm going to ask my daughter to sing this song right here that I love, The Lion and the Lamb. Amen. And let's praise God with this song, brothers and sisters, as we'll be dismissed with it.